0: Up, internet! I
1: can't even fold this. It's like cardboard. My name is Matthew Kroll. What? You've never been shot at in Queens? This is Patrick Willems. And
0: this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film. I cannot believe I'm saying this right now. Her web connects us all. Madam Web. Patrick, hi, buddy.
1: Hey, Matt. So, uh, <laughs> I, I've seen you a bunch recently, and I've been in this podcast several times before, and I somehow just forgot how high your energy goes as soon,
0: <laughs> as, soon as you hit record. You got to do it. We were talking at a normal
1: register before we were, that. And, and now, then you ramp it up so high. And I'm just like, I oh. can't match that. <laughs> you're, you're doing it. You're doing great. Thank you. Uh, but no, Shahir is not here. Mm-mm. And I'm sure he's so bummed to be missing this one. You know
0: what? Let me see if I can find it. I missed. Oh, here's my
1: phone. Let me go through my text real quick
0: with shaheer about this and because it was before i even talked to you or maybe it was right after he said and i quote oh you should definitely do madam webb while i'm gone and i said patrick and i are already booked it he goes lol have fun and then he goes how was madam webb and i just said sticky <laughs>
1: Uh I mean it has stuck with me at least. It
0: has stuck with me a lot. We are I guess the original the OG Madam Webheads as we as we labeled ourselves.
1: We were there 6:30
0: p.m. Thursday night at the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn.
1: Yes. Uh I had two cocktails mm-hmm. during the film. Same. Yeah. Um <laughs> should we I, review the cocktails that we had? You know what, here's the thing. I okay, I I want to say two things. First sure. of all, I think it's extremely funny that because you know you have your whole process about uh before you can do your best of mm-hmm. uh best best movies of the year episode you have to like you can only you can only include movies that you've covered on the podcast so you're like cramming in all the like big acclaimed movies uh-huh. from Absolutely. last year and in the midst of like all these awards contenders these serious you know art house films and all that Madame Webb web is just just tucked right in, right in there it's in the middle right there in the with a bow <laughs> I was giddy that this opportunity
0: came up. Do not get me wrong, Shahir, I love you, uh but I knew he'd never do it. And I knew I knew Patrick that you would have come lo- to my have aid. Have no
1: standards. No, you would come to my aid. Did I even propose, Madam Webb? You might have. I think we you, might have I, been on the same page. I think you said, uh hey, Shahir's out of town. Do you want to come on the show next week? Uh we could cover anything and I was like Madam Webb's coming out.
0: It was like you were speaking, it was like you were speaking into my own web
1: timeline future. It's it's the kind of thing where this honestly was kind of like an exciting prospect for me to like come on the show for. Sure. Because if I am being completely honest, if it were not for this episode that we're currently recording, Mm -hmm. there's a pretty good chance I wouldn't have seen this movie. Same. That said, I saw Morbius in theaters. So
0: I did not. I I still haven't seen Morbius.
1: Matt, I, in the past year. In terms of superhero movies, I have not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, Shazam: Fury of the Gods, The Marvels, Blue Beetle, Aquaman, and The Lost Kingdom. I did. I that's five superhero movies I did not see, mm-hmm. and for a very long time, I just I saw pretty much all of them. Yeah. and yet I saw Madam Web. But it's the, the thing where probably wouldn't have seen this movie otherwise. And it's the thing where sometimes. You know, like when when you asked me to come on for the Matrix Resurrections Mm -hmm. episode, famously the longest episode of this podcast, which we are absolutely going to, you know, surpass today. Oh, 100 percent.
0: Don't look at the number on your podcast player, dear listener, to spoil that surprise.
1: Do, Do not look. But I but when you asked me to come on and talk about that, that that's when I was like, okay. This is going. To, it, it, I I gotta be ready. I gotta be on. This is kind of like I was happy to do it and excited to do it, but it was also like, you know, like an intense conversation, and I gotta like really be on my game. And there's and I I gotta think hard about. Of course. It. And it, it kind of like a higher pressure episode. This was a low pressure. Oh episode. yeah, we're already drinking. Yeah, we are <laughs> exactly. Oh, and to answer your previous question, um, at the at the Alamo, uh, I had two old fashions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go to the Alamo pretty often. Uh, it is one subway stop away from my apartment. So it is very convenient. I have Alamo season pass. Uh, and I I basically now like I have set orders for like food or drink depending on the time of day that I go. Gotcha. It's like routine. Yeah,
0: I love it. I will say I loved both of my old fashions. I had there. I did like the one we got in the theater better than the bar one. Interesting. Because it felt to me like the one we got at the bar was like two thirds of an old fashioned, And the one we got at, once we had been seated and been watching Madame Web for a while, maybe they thought we needed more. It was like a full-blown full blown rocks glass. Oh, yeah. They knew what they were doing. Um, and it's also funny, too, because you and I, I think for the first time for this show do what you And I normally do is if we go see the movie together, we can't talk about the movie until the show. And it just so happened that we had an event that night. And so we, all we We wanted to do together, all we wanted to do was talk about Madam Webb and we saved it for all of you at home. So we've been sitting on (laughs) these takes for days. (laughs) And a lot of the takes, like a lot of the, I guess post weekend takes, cause we're recording this, I think four days since we saw it or something like that uh, are just starting to drop now. Like I know there was a lot of like instant screaming, but like people that are doing a sort of uh, a longer form piece of content on Madam web. I've been noticing today across YouTube and in podcast things. This seems to be the day it's starting to, to really have a yeah. long form
1: effect. I will also say, you know, as someone who makes YouTube videos about movies. I like, I don't know how people work up like the, the passionate energy to make a whole video about this movie. It's like, I will sit here and drink wine Mm -hmm. and talk about it with you, but I'm just like, I'm not going to spend a whole video on that. I think I'm going to spoil it for you,
0: Patrick. Uh, The way that people can do that. Is that's what their video is, is sitting around drinking and talking oh. at a can. It feels a lot of them that I sort of watched or, or started to and and, and clicked around uh, was just a very like, here's my thoughts. Uh, and like just yammering at the screen, which some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Um, again, I, I used to do the same night movie review thing, which was a produced and edited thing just back when I was 20 and had energy. Um, Matt. You have so much energy.
1: It's it's hey, listen. I cannot. Uh, I, I didn't know you when you were 20. If if you consider <laughs> yourself like slow and tired now, I'm uh, like, w- were you just like mainlining cocaine at the time? Because I am just like, I cannot imagine a way more energetic crawl
0: There was a time where I was I was double or triple completely uh, straight edge except for alcohol. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just used that energy to rope my friends into making dumb videos and uploading QuickTime videos. I've told you about those. Before. Oh, oh yes, of course. Anyway, we're not here to discuss my, my mythical, uh, I wish,
1: spider-given powers. Matt, if I may, mm. we're not here to discuss the past. We're here to look into the future. Fuck.
0: Oh, okay. It was right so, there. Y- you're right. But to discuss the future, we do need to delve into the present. Patrick, I want to know before we talk about this movie, and I love that I'm just teasing this forward and forward. You obviously are a huge comic head. Like, you know yes, your shit. I do. Um, I, out of all comics, probably know the most about Spider-Man. Um, what was your first like time that you remember actually running into the character of Madam Web?
1: It was definitely in the 90s Fox animated series. Mm -hmm. Same, actually, yeah. Where I think, the funny thing about that show is, you know, I haven't really revisited it much other than, like, clips on YouTube since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. But what I remember from when I was a kid is that, you know, there's, like, several seasons of it where, you know, you're doing, like, classic villains and stuff like that. And then, was it maybe the last couple seasons where they're just like, let's just go all in on, like... We're going to like secret wars and, and like, like later period stuff and like a bunch of like more confusing nonsense. The
0: last one they did, they teleported Peter Parker to another planet and he fought the high evolutionary.
1: Right. Stuff Wh- like that. Yeah. Which is, you know, a far cry from like, you know, the spider slayers mm-hmm. or, you know, the scorpion or, or I feel like every, like, my memory was every time I would like, Watched episodes of Spider-Man and it was a rerun, it would always be like Neogenic Nightmare Part 3, the one where he grows extra arms. Yep. And I was always like, I don't like this story. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so Madam Web, for me, first popped up, I think, in a later season episode of Spider-Man the Animated Series. And it was a thing where I thought, as a kid, this is a little bit odd because this is like a... Mystical old this is like a fantasy story yep. thing in Spider-Man. And it and it felt a like a slightly odd fit to me. And then over the years, as I, you know, got really into comics and read a lot of Spider-Man comics, Madame Webb became one of those like one of those characters or, or like an aspect of Spider-Man, or she became representative yep. of an aspect of Spider-Man that I was just less interested in. Where, uh, I mean, look, Peter Parker, uh, you could, you know, he's like probably the best superhero of all time. Uh, I, you know, I love Spider-Man, but unlike Batman, where you can really be like Batman can can go into any story, Mm -hmm. you can do a really grounded like murder mystery, or you can put Batman in outer space. Yeah. Uh, you can make Batman, you know, you can have a, a Frank Miller Batman and you can have an Adam West Batman, and they're all valid and it all works. And I'm like, Spider-Man, I think is not quite as malleable and is really is, cut, the, is at his best when he is a guy in New York City with problems. And, you know, the superhero stuff is just another problem. And so and we're going to get more into comic book stuff because the the stuff that this movie is pulling from is fascinating, but when Madam Web comes in there, usually involving more like supernatural elements or more uh, just like mystical things, other dimensions. Fate. Fate. She has visions of the future, of course. That's the stuff where I'm like, this is, you know, I don't think this is where Spider-Man and Peter Parker work best, and I'm just like not and also, the thing was with the character, it's like, she doesn't have a lot going on. It's, I was so, like, kind of delighted in a, like, perverse way when this movie was announced. Same way with, like, I, I remember the day the Morbius movie was announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, like, the headline was out, like, like Jared Leto playing Morbius in, in a Sony movie. I remember my friend Chris and I texting each other and just saying, like, we are seeing this opening weekend because this is such a – just a stupid idea because morbius is 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 not really a protagonist. He's not right. a
0: character he, he He's just like he shows up in as a sidekick, not a sidekick, but as a secondary character in comic stories or sometimes video games depending.
1: Right, he's like the science vampire guy that fights Spider-Man sometimes, and sometimes he's not that bad. But it's like, that's not a movie. You shouldn't make a Morbius movie. That is a colossally stupid idea that only happened because they handed Jared Leto a list of characters they owned, and he's like, maybe a vampire. And then that was it. And so we're like, we're going to see this. Madam Webb was like, just that, like, times ten, because Madam Webb. Is an old blind lady uh, who's paralyzed from the waist down, who sits in a chair, who has no personality, who ba- who has no isn't is barely a character. She's just you know. Peter Parker shows up, talks to her, and she like delivers exposition. You do not base a movie around her. Has there ever been a comic? Well, like a, like a Madam web series of any Not kind a
0: series that I know of. And, and please email us in only at gmail.com. If that is incorrect in your, uh, historical, uh, telling of your own webbed fate, I, the, the thing she was, she in, uh, the spider verse crossover event. Was she like part of the thing that like was pulling it through or yes. like warned
1: him? I, uh, I'm pretty sure she was. And also, I don't know if this is a hot take, um, I'm not an especially huge fan of the comic book Spider-Verse crossover. It's not event. great. The is it? it introduces a bunch of fun characters. Mm-hmm. The, the uh the tie-in stuff, like like the series, I believe Edge of Spider-Verse, the one that introduced like Spider-Gwen and yep. like Penny Parker yeah. and stuff like that, where each issue is just like the story of a of a different uh character from the multiverse, those were all all great. The actual Story itself that ran through Amazing Spider-Man about, you know, Moreland and was it the Inheritors or whatever? Like just these uh, basically just like fancy energy vampires hopping through the multiverse, killing spider people to like get more energy. It's literally the plot of the one. Exactly. And it was not, and it was not interesting. Moreland and, and sucks. He, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Met Matt put a pin in that because right. we're going to get to Okay, Moreland. I'm sorry. But I, uh, oh, oh, I mean, he's going to come back in because Moreland uh, is basically the villain of Madam Web, except, he's, except he's not, except he's Ezekiel. Who's another character from the story to introduce Moreland. Yep. But the thing, uh, but, but basically that's where Madam Web shows up. She shows up in stories like spider verse, the comic, not the movie. The movie's great. I, uh, <laughs> When, as in the, the Spider-Verse movies right. not Madam Web but i but stories that were where I'm just like I'm less into this this is not really my my kind of Spider-Man story
0: i <clears throat> i feel like anytime Spider-Man gets mystical i'm out like i don't i don't vibe with it the, i like I, I did like the character of Ezekiel in the comic books It was kind of an interesting thing, but then it got into sort of the totemic nature of Spider-Man.
1: We're going to get into the whole Straczynski Spider-Man thing. So
0: like I, I I never was able to vibe with it as much as when it was science-based. And I think to your point, the reason Batman can kind of do that shit and we just accept it is he's fucking hella rich and also friends with Superman. Like, like granted Peter Parker is friends with a lot of either Tony Stark or whomever, but at the same time, Peter Parker's worried about rent like and yeah. there's there's a way where like well now you're throwing like just not only hyper smart guy science based things into uh, and sometimes I mean he's gone to other dimensions in space and like all that shit too but for whatever reason when it gets to like. And even multiverse stuff across the comics or the movies, of course, makes sense to me. It's when it becomes mystical. For whatever reason, I'm like, because Spider-Man in my brain, and again, there's a thousand stories, is such a science-based, like, hero. Right. I don't vibe at all with it becoming sort of a uh, spiritual uh, adventure awakening. And when Morlan shows up, and we'll talk about it. He's trying to like take the that sort of essence that makes Spider Man Spider Man when we've been taught that Spider Man was just bit by a radioactive spider.
1: It's kind of like, uh, this is not meant to be a metaphor for it, but, uh, Superman is a very classic kind of like pulp science fiction mm-hmm. hero where it's like he comes from another world and he arrived in a rocket ship and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's not hard science. Like, like Spider-Man is closer to hard science sure. than Superman. Uh, but famously, while well, one of Superman's weaknesses alongside kryptonite is magic. And and it's almost as if magic just doesn't fit in the story as uh-huh. well. And so he's weak to it. And, it, and like Spider-Man does not canonically like – have a weakness to magic but when magic comes in it makes the stories weaker yeah and look i i also as we were talking i kind of realized i think the even outside of like the science and magic thing i think i got i figured out kind of why the biggest reason i think for me that mysticism kind of throws off spider-man which is you in those stories when he's dealing with like mystical stuff or or that kind of thing Those are almost always stories where he basically never takes his mask off and he's Spider-Man the whole time. And there's like no Peter Parker. He's he's like often some other play. And I'm just like, when you don't have the personal life, then you're missing at least half of like what makes the character interesting.
0: I'm going to take that a step further. I'm going to yes. And you so hard right now. Please. Okay. so I think another aspect of that is the thing that makes Peter Parker Spider-Man special is that he is a regular guy. Yes. And he is dealing like he is, he's not the faded hero. He's the everyman that's just stepping up. And the second you turn him into a spider totem linked to a God linked to whatever, he fucking becomes Harry Potter. And it's like, I can't, I can't vibe with Peter Parker being the chosen one. This whole thing is he's not the chosen one. Right. So on that point, They always do keep him in the mask for a lot of those stories because they want to make sure that we're dealing with the totem or the whatever of Spider-Man and not Peter Parker. That's the thing.
1: It's like you can get away with stuff like that when it comes to Batman and Superman because it's like Superman is literally Moses. Yep. You all you already have that. He is. He is the last hope of a dying world. Mm -hmm. He's already special. Batman, look, if if Bruce Wayne's parents never got murdered, he's still a billionaire who's going to, you know, run a billion dollar company and have huge influence just in the world. Yeah. And so he's already like society has already deemed him special. Yeah. And Spider-Man is. Well, Peter Parker is just a dude who is smart, but has like shitty luck and deals with just shitty, annoying problems. Yeah. So, yeah. So all of that is to say it's funny that they made a mad web movie. It's really funny they made a of web movie and
0: we we know the I mean I I don't want to beat on the same drums that I feel like everyone is beating on but just in case anyone listening is not familiar. A major reason why this movie exists, I feel safe to say this is so that Sony can keep a little bit of a hold on the Spider-Man IP moving forward. I don't know what the actual deal is now but for the
1: longest time they kept making the movies so they could hold on to the IP. It's it, it's the funny thing where uh, and yeah, I, I do want to get into this a little bit yeah. because I think it's really relevant. Because Sony has had the rights to Spider Man for a very long time. And obviously, for a very long time, different studios owned different Marvel character rights. You have things like the reason they're not making a solo Hulk movie is that Universal still has the rights to produce a solo Hulk movie. Yes. Uh, Marvel can use the Hulk, but you know, but so you have stuff like that and um and obviously you know the the raimi spider-man movies were gigantic yep. like you know blew I- my mind. industry changing hits and so sony was not given those rights back like why would why would they mm-hmm. and then of course you move on and the andrew garfield movies are less well received they still mm-hmm. make money but like amazing spider-man 2 was supposed to launch all these spin-off movies that then they kind of like pulled the plug on because they're like, people aren't very enthusiastic about this one. And then they made the, the deal with Marvel where it's like, Hey, we'll finance the movies and like release them. Yeah. But can you produce them? Because people like what you're doing more and people keep yelling at us to be like, why can't Spider-Man be in the MCU? So now it's this funny thing where you have the Spider-Man, Spider-Man is in the Marvel cinematic universe and those movies are produced by Marvel Studios but they're re- funded and released by Sony. Yep. And so Sony uh also has the rights to just all affiliated Spider-Man stuff. And because and, and so they're in this funny position where it's like, you know, Disney is cranking out like four superhero movies a year and they're and they're here there's like, well, we can't just make one Spider-Man movie every 3 years. But literally all we have the rights to is Spider-Man stuff. But Spider-Man is also a solo character. He's not a universe of characters. So they're just like – so this is what I think is genuinely very funny. So they're like, okay, we have this giant collection of the Spider-Man supporting cast and like villains. So we can make movies about any of them. And Venom made sense because Venom is a character who became incredibly popular – on his own as a solo character detached from Spider-Man. His origin is linked to Spider-Man, but you know, he's been popular on his own for a long time. Even
0: in the films, uh, which I want to be very clear. I know the synopsis of Venom one. I've actually never seen Venom one. I saw Venom two because I had two hours to kill before I had to catch a train. Uh, And so I just did that. Um, But from what I understand, it's not linked to Spider-Man at all in the film. No. Uh, So like the, and it's kind of funny because, and they don't, Venom doesn't really uh, in the, at least canonically in the, in the films like shoot webs. He like uses his tendrils to do things. Right. So like yeah. the reason the symbiote even had any sort of spidery powers is because Peter Parker had it. It kind of learned that yada, 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 I but mean, they, Eddie they whole, strip it out.
1: Yeah. Eddie Brock's whole thing in the comics was literally just, I hate Peter Parker. He was a big buff
0: reporter who hated Peter Parker. Cause he sucked it. Re- well, Cause Eddie sucked at reporting.
1: Yeah. And then he became the lethal protector. And- the lethal protector. <laughs> yeah. And, but so, what I find really funny is wh- when you look at, I feel like Morbius and Madame Webb are the real instances of this. And we'll see what Craven is. Uh, oh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll come back for Craven. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what I find so interesting about Morbius and Madame Webb, have you seen Morbius? I have not wait, wait, seen wait, Morbius. We, 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 no. we already said this. Yeah. Um. But you've you have you seen the post credit oh, scene a of a thousand Marvelians? times, of course. So, <laughs> again, it's a thing where they can they can do a post credit scene that does intersect with MCU stuff and has Michael Keaton from Spider Man: Homecoming show up because they have the rights to this stuff. Michael Keaton's voice? Uh, no, Michael Keaton shows up. He's in the scene. Does his face show up? Yeah, and then they shot an extra part. Remember when he was
0: thinking the extra part? Yeah, when he shows up in the suit. But initially,
1: he he like because of the multiversal shenanigans of No Way Home, he it it makes no sense. Yeah, he gets sent to that universe, and no one else gets sent anywhere. It's it it's very silly. But uh, perfect, no notes. But it's the thing where with with these other movies. So they basically are not allowed to put Spider-Man in stuff mm-hmm. because of their deal with Marvel and and it's like look like Tom Holland Spider-Man appears in like Marvel produced movies that Sony funds uh but they can't put him in anything else. And so they make these other movies that keep if you look at the marketing they're always like hinting that like it, they're they're basically tricking people. Uh, p- tricking like normal moviegoers who don't know there's all this uh, the difference between marvel and in association with marvel exactly they don't know this stuff and they're basically tricking them all into seeing movies that they think might be spider-man movies and that they think might be marvel movies even though spider-man can never show up and what i find really interesting about this is that uh you know these movies uh are i mean they're there are pleasures to be had from the Venom movies. Mm-hmm. Uh mostly just because like like, you know, Tom Hardy's just being a real weirdo and it's fun. He's to having watch. a good time. He's having a great time. But uh but like Morbius, bad. Uh Madame Webb. We haven't actually said it yet, but uh but it's not good.
0: Oh no, don't don't actually pay money to see it. Well
1: i am I'm gonna say that 80% and we might go back. Yes. Well, so so here's what I find Interesting. You would think that since they literally can't really build their own cohesive universe, because all of these characters are kind of defined by their relation to Spider-Man, but Spider-Man can't show up. And so they can never really do the thing that it seems like they might build to. So they can't really go anywhere like as a cohesive universe. And so you would think that, I don't know, I think the smart thing to do would be like, well, I don't know, we just have a bunch of characters. Let's just like give them to filmmakers and just like, you know, make some movies because we can't do we literally cannot do what Marvel is doing. Yeah. You can't uh, link them all to the character you can't use. Exactly. And instead, and I know this, I, you know, I I have uh, spoken at length to people who have worked on the film Madam Web and Ooh. just, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go and like, you know, spill a bunch of no. behind the scenes info. But the very short version of it is. Sony is as controlling and micromanaging as like Marvel on their worst day, making these movies that no one really gives a shit about anyway that aren't in a cohesive universe at all. So they're cosplaying Marvel. It is. But it really makes you think like, look, I mean, I, I wish Marvel was not you know, so controlling with their, like, factory-like system of uh, of making these movies. But I, I understand where they're coming from because they're like, look, we have this system and it has worked and made billions and billions of dollars and we have... A- a lot of people who are very invested in the, like, fairly cohesive, you know, uh, uh, continuity that we've built. Yes. Sony has none of that. No. It's like people don't even like these movies. Uh, nothing matters. There is no cohesive continuity. No one gives a shit. Like, we're, we're making movies about characters that people don't even give a shit about from the comics. Nothing matters. Why don't you just let... Like uh, Daniel Espinosa, just make whatever Morbius movie he wants to make. Let S.J. Clarkson make whatever Madam Web movie she wants to make. There are no Madam Web fans out there who are going to get upset at all. But no, they are like firing so many people behind the scenes. They are demanding so many reshoots. Marketing executives are writing the, the now infamous line about uh, in the Amazon with my mom researching spiders when she died which isn't even in the movie. No, it's like
0: like three lines cut together or some shit. Exactly.
1: It's the kind of thing where where I'm just like, what, what do they, do they think these are going to be good? Why are they being so like, like are they creating such like a nightmare work experience for these movies that shouldn't matter at all? It
0: feels like Sony is the last of the major film companies to realize that you can't just film, Force a connected universe down the throats of people. Like the reason Marvel worked, in my opinion, is it was such a slow burn that no one was planning around for a while. They like they were adept at, at like, or adept at like, um, like leaving the right doors open, but also not like hyper focusing on the what could be. Like that always felt really nice. And then they could easily come in and put pieces where they wanted and eventually bring it together. But that took- between what? Between Iron Man and the Avengers, that was what? Four years. Four years. Like,
1: that and feels... I feel like the really key thing is that, Um. and look, you know, some of the early stuff is, you know, Rocky, like, uh, you know, Incredible Hulk isn't great. Yeah. Iron Man 2 is a mess. But it's like, look, Iron Man was a very solid foundation. And above all else, they created a central character who people loved and who they were excited to see Show up again. Yep. And uh, Sony, other than Tom Hardy's Gonzo performance, they ha- don't have any of Current that.
0: Current day is nothing. I have a theory about why Madame Web is the first non Venom Spider Man character to get her own movie. And it's, well, uh, uh, but Morbius. Oh, I'm so sorry. The the post. How do I put this? The post. Success of Spider-Verse. Wait, when did Morbius come out? I'm trying to think. Did that come out after the first Spider-Verse movie?
1: Yeah. <sighs> Was Mor- Did Morbius come out?
0: Uh, in in January 2022, probably I'd look it up. But again, these movies mean so little in the in their cano- canonical timeline; it's not worth it. My point, I think, is I think I know why they chose Madame. Well, I, oh no, no, you nailed why they picked Morbius because Jared Leto had a list of characters that they could do, and he's like, I want to play the cool science
1: vampire. And I, and I think it was also a thing where Jared Leto had originally they had announced that he after Suicide Squad that he was going to get his own Joker movie, and then someone else got a Joker movie and won an Oscar for it, and so I think he was like, I want to be the fucking lead of a superhero movie and then sony's like just pick pick anything anything.
0: i think though the reason again going back to your they kind of are actively trying to trick people into thinking these things are connected to spider-man i think they literally picked Madame webb patrick because her name is
1: webb like i know that sounds so stupid and trite i think you're probably right because a, a thing about this movie also is that it it gets so much more overt about actual Peter Parker connections yep. than any of the other movies, without mentioning his name. Well, in <laughs> in uh, earlier cuts, they did, yeah. It felt like they would. Yeah. uh, I mean, they literally there's a scene in the movie at uh, at uh, Mary Parker's baby shower where they play a game to try to guess what the baby's name is going to be. And then a balloon pops right before someone can say Peter. And so it's like, look, they're not like we all know what you're doing here. It's like, you know, any moron who's like, you know, vaguely heard of Spider-Man can watch that and be like. Hey. Is that is, is that Peter Parker? Wait, whoa! Ben, they are all connected. <laughs> wait, ben? ben, is that Uncle Ben? But yeah, uh, uh, originally, just from you know, from you Sharp know, stuff there. I've heard from reliable sources is that yes, you heard Peter's Peter Parker's name. Yes, you heard Ben say that the woman he started dating is named May. Stuff like that, and uh. But it's also the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, what what universe is this supposed to be in? Yeah, because it's also it's the thing where it's like, well, it's set in 2003 Uh, with lots of 2005 and later
0: technology and references. But again, I think that's the the least of this movie's problems.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Also, one thing I I, I did uh, learn from sources um, I fully assume that the 2003 thing was like added in reshoots. It feels like. Yeah, because she's dressed like she's in the 90s. Right. But then, you know, like uh, Dakota Johnson will have a line like, I just want to get home and watch Idol. And I'm like, that feels like a hasty reshoot just to uh-huh. be like, what is a reference in 2003? No, apparently that was there from the start. But um, <laughs> but then it's the bizarre thing because, OK, uh, so can I I have two main takes about this movie.
0: OK. We can get into those now, and uh, but I do. There's other things outside of it that I find interesting. This is going to be the longest. I'm ever. so sorry. Have you been paying attention? Speak, you just brought up Dakota Johnson. Yes. Have you been paying attention to any of her press tour? Yes. It is, I
1: think, my favorite press tour. It so it's great. So here's the thing. I uh, one of the things I find. But one of the things I enjoy about Dakota Johnson is that I, I will say I have quite liked her in several movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I honestly was The Social Network the first thing I saw her in. Maybe, yeah, in her one scene. I, I feel like the first thing I probably saw her in was Fifty Shades
0: back in the day. Did you see Twenty One Jump Street? Oh, I did see Twenty One Jump Street. It's so, a small yeah, role, yeah, she's but, there. Uh, yeah, um, well, you saw The Social Network. Yeah, and uh, I saw the Social Network, uh, the Suspiria remake.
1: Yeah. Yep, I liked her in that. Yeah, uh, A Bigger Splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, so but what uh, I've I, I've liked her in several films. I like her as a screen presence. But I one thing that I really enjoy is that in her, just whenever she's doing interviews for anything, she always seems embarrassed to be promoting anything. Yes. Even really good movies. Mm -hmm. She see, she's like, like you look at her and you're just like, this woman knows that just the idea of movie like promotion is silly. And she's embarrassed to be doing it. Uh, And and that is and then and so that because it's like and you you almost don't believe when she's be saying like yeah the the movie's really good you should go see it like even when she does mean it you kind of don't believe it and then when she's promoting Madam Web it becomes even funnier because it's this movie
0: I fell in love with her press tour stylings um, basically at the limes incident. Do you remember the Limes incident when she was doing a house tour of Vanity Fair or something like that? Oh,
1: oh, oh, sorry. I thought this was a recent thing. Yes. No, this this, this is forever ago. This Uh, uh, is forever ago. This was like the Architectural Digest. Yes, thank you. Yes, I've seen this. So
0: for (laughs) those of you who aren't in the know, uh, she did a tour. I love the Architectural Digest uh, Celebrity Home Tours. The David Harbour one is my absolute favorite. I would live there in a heartbeat. He has has the best posters on his walls and I love it to death. But uh, in hers you know, they, they have stylists come in and they like set up the things and whatever and in her kitchen. There was just a bowl of limes and she like saw them. You could see for a moment, like she's just like trying to riff on what's going on. Like, Oh, limes, like, you know, citrus. It's, I forget what she actually says, but she like says she loves the bowl of limes. Cause they remind her X, Y, and Z she moves on. And then it comes out like a year later that she's like deathly allergic to limes. And she just had to like flow with it. And that to me, I was like, Oh, this woman, is a consummate professional. And not only that, a jobber, like she just does the fucking work. And so when I'm looking at all of these things for Madam Webb, my favorite was a friend of the show who's been on Josh Horowitz. um, When he was interviewing her, and and he said, oh, can you name the three? spider Oh, my movies? God. That, here's the thing. I, I, that's such a good clip. I want to say something about this. She gets the names wrong and I, we'll talk about the names. In Honestly, a her names
1: are better. They're,
0: they're better. Like because they, they. she's very funny. Spider-Man. Here he comes. Spider-Man. And he's back and, sp- and the goblet of Spider-Man or Harry Spider-Man and the Goblet of Man. Um, but But my point is, I feel like with a lot of people. I would and I think unfairly care that she didn't know the universe that she was trying to tangentially sort of do a character in. Like, I'd be like, Oh, that sucks here. I do not like here. I find it endearing and honest. And it's, and I think it is because of what you said. She just has that air about her where you like, don't, she feels sort of embarrassed about the entirety of a press junk. Yeah. And I found, I found that just my absolute favorite thing that she didn't know. And like, because it's got to be weird for an actor to jump into a, and I say, I'm using air quotes here, everyone, very hard franchise uh, connected to so many other things. And then have all of the nerds who love those things way more than the movie that you're going to be and come out of the woodwork and be like, oh man, but like all this stuff, right? Like you love this stuff, right? And not everyone loves this stuff. And I love it when people are honest about it. Yeah. She's been, she's it's funny in some of the early promo stuff, I think they had her say like, Oh, I love Marvel movies or whatever. And then she's come out and say, she's seen like a few of them. Like it doesn't fucking matter again. I don't need her to be an encyclopedic knowledge of Marvel films, a universe. This again is not not connected to, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I absolutely love this. I love the, um, she seems as though, she like didn't know at all what this movie was going to be due to reshoots and all this other stuff she said I think that filming was quote psychotic and she didn't know if it would be good at all and I'm like that was with a, I believe uh, Andy Heron, uh interview there's there was the and then there's like she just has fun with herself there was the thing when she hosted SNL which I didn't I don't know if do you watch SNL Patrick at all?
1: Uh, I, I, I usually watch uh, clips of it the next day sure I mean her uh, her please don't destroy video is was really, really good great uh, she's what was it, the nepo v- nepo truce. Y- yeah, <laughs> b- b- she's like I mean b- because I mean it- it's like you know because she has such a dry delivery and it's so well used. There, I mean it's the reason that you know uh, that's not true. Ellen became so iconic mm-hmm. because just the the, the 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 very slight like like sly smile there is like it's really effective. It really is, and and I will say. Uh, not to steer this too much straight into the movie, which we can. I just wanted to give shout outs to her fucking masterful depress oh, touring, of course. but uh, while this movie is not good, there are parts of the movie that where it is intentionally funny, and I think that is almost always because of her delivery. yes. I think the funniest thing in the movie straight up is when she's at the baby shower mm-hmm. and she just says, well, my mom died during childbirth and she's like, "Well, but, you know, I'm sure you won't." Yeah, and,
0: she's and like, "Statistically, there's not a lot. well, actually, she keeps going back on it and like there's moments of like very well-timed dry wit and humor mm-hmm. that is not existent in 95% of the movie, which says yeah. to me that is a moment she had fun with." It is. I uh, it
1: is. Yeah. And uh, I'm I, like, I, I'm not gonna be one of those people who's just like, well, you know, like, I bet she improvised that because it was like, i, no I mean, I'm like, you know what, I bet it was in the script. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's moments like that, that are like funny for the right reasons are moments where I was like, I wish the movie kind of understood why this is working mm-hmm. and could be more like this
0: that's that's an interesting point there are various very small moments where this movie actually works but you are intrinsically just just beaten over the head with the fact that you know that the movie doesn't know
1: that can I give you my two big takes yeah on madam Web? let's go Okay.
0: Oh, wait, no, Patrick, I'm so sorry. I haven't read the description of what IMDb says first, and then we can get into your two big takes. Oh, my God, Matt, uh, we're only hella far already in position. I don't even know. What do we got? We're at 42 minutes. It's fine. Okay. Here's what the Internet Movie Database says Madam Webb is about. Yes. Cassandra Webb is a New York metropolis paramedic who begins to demonstrate signs of clairvoyance. Forced to challenge revelations about her past. She needs to safeguard three young women from a deadly adversary who wants them destroyed. Accurate. Nine different plots described there. Also still accurate. I I, I love that they're New York Metropolis paramedic. <laughs> sure. Sorry. I, this in case anyone at the 42-minute mark didn't know, we were talking about the film madam Webb. Of course. Patrick, your two big takeaways.
1: Okay, so the first one. Involves the plot more. So you see, you know, as, as that, uh, you know, plot summary did explain, she becomes clairvoyant and then tro- and, and then basically spends the movie trying to keep these three teen girls alive. Mm-hmm. So the reason that these teen girls uh, are in danger mm-hmm. is because a guy named Ezekiel Sims, I believe. Yes. Uh, Played by Tahar Rahim. Yeah uh, uh delivering a lot of ADR dialogue. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into his performance too. We, we will. Uh no, but by the way, not blaming him. No, that's I, the thing. Just makes me wonder, what was his dialogue originally? Mm-hmm. Um, P- was he Moreland? Uh <laughs> yeah. Uh so he uh, he in in the opening prologue, uh he killed her mom in the Amazon in uh the 70s mm-hmm. while her mom was pregnant with her, mm-hmm. and then her mom Died during childbirth. Killed her to steal a spider. To steal a spider. Exactly. And then a tribe of uh, was it Las Aranjas?
0: Las Aranhas, the, the twilight fueled uh, movement based spider people uh, chose to save the baby and not also stop the man running and the normal man running with the again it's plot it's a movie it's whatever
1: exactly but yeah so she is is born while her mother dies in the amazon uh and then you know many years later she has a near death experience and uh and becomes clairvoyant gains no other powers just becomes clairvoyant sure uh and uh Ezekiel also is sort of clairvoyant. And Ezekiel is, ha- is having v- dreams. He's having turns very out. vivid dreams of, in the future, when he's older and he's got some gray in his beard, mm-hmm. um, three spider women, mm-hmm. like, full spandex superhero costume, spider-themed women, will kill him. Right. And then, so he's like, I need to find them now and kill them before they become superheroes who will kill of me. Of course. So... When they have these little flashes of his dreams and you see an actual superhero movie with people in spandex spider costumes. Hanging upside down, shooting energy beams out of their hands. Exactly. All that stuff seems like that looks kind of fun. I'd watch that movie. But instead of making that movie, they made a movie where. A lot of the time is Dakota Johnson driving around upstate New York, trying to make sure that one day that more interesting movie might be able to get made. Yes, which is such a wild choice to me. Like, the, like we we can get into spoilers, right? Oh, a thousand yeah, percent. N- nothing fucking matters. No. So <laughs> the it, the the end of this movie, it uh at the end and. it... it it's like the movie thinks that Madame Webb is this really iconic beloved character and at the end it's like she's blind she's paralyzed in the waist down and she's in the chair it's like it it the reveal of her sitting there in a wheelchair with sunglasses on till you macho know she's wearing Randy
0: Savage shades
1: yes it's it's the kind like it it is so much like I'm I, I, I'm trying to think of an of, of of an equivalent reveal at the end of another superhero movie of like they have the costume sure, on. Sure, like it's the yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the last scene of Smallville when it's like he finally tears open his his shirt and he's got the Superman costume. Daredevil
0: episode th- 10
1: right yeah why uh, when you know he's finally got the costume mm-hmm. that kind of thing and definitely but like they're expecting the fans to be like hooting and hollering like Woo, she's in the chair there yeah <laughs> she has been blinded by fireworks yeah that's what she does she sits down Uh they treat it like it's this big iconic moment like there she is the character you know and love and it, 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 it's also kind of doing the thing that like Uh, The Guy Ritchie King Arthur did and the Ridley Scott Robin Hood did where it's like, They don't become the character that you're familiar with that you want to see until the end of the movie. Like, it's like in the the Guy Ritchie, uh, King Arthur, like, the final scene is like, we're building a round table, and now we're crowning you King Arthur. And and you're like, why why did I watch a prequel to the movie that I want to see? And this does the same thing, except it's about a character that no one cares about, but these little flashes where – you see like these glimpses of like the future with like the three spider ladies, which very interesting because this is a movie in which Peter Parker is born. And so I'm like, I guess in this world, there were three spider superheroes. I four, if you count Madam web before, before Spider-Man came along, like 15 years before he came along weird. But yeah, I'm just like, why didn't you just make that other movie? Yeah. And uh, it's like, I don't know, you know, People like Sidney Sweeney and she's in the movie. Why didn't you have more than 30 seconds of her like as a superhero? I don't know. Strange decision to me. The, my other big take. This is less plot related. Okay. This is more the the movie itself and it gets back to what we were talking about in terms of the moments where it is, you know, intentionally funny. Mm-hmm. Where like, you know, Dakota Johnson actually like, you know, gets to take the ball and run with it for like, a yard, sure. Before she's tackled by the movie, um, as illustrated by her climbing up the wall and falling. <laughs> exactly, well, which is kind of a funny part. Yeah. Uh, so there are moments when I, I I'm interested to see what this movie's uh, legacy will be like. Mm-hmm. I'll put it this way: so Morbius, that is a movie that I mean isn't good. Uh, I will say the thing with Morbius is it's, it's a bad movie, but, and it's also, that one is, is by, I think a, a fairly competent director, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Espinosa, like he, he made the, the sci-fi horror movie life. Uh, oh, I lo- I really life, which I thought it's in good. my
0: head was a, it just as my own canon, but I just liked it cause it works is a venom prequel. I, I mean,
1: there were rumors about that at oh. the time, but like life is good and life is good. Yeah. (laughs) You're talking about the Eddie Murphy Martin Lawrence movie. From nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I But yeah, but like good director and any scene that that is kind of like horror-y or like suspenseful in Morbius is cut down so fast as to eliminate any suspense at all. And it's a thing where I'm just like, well, I'm fairly certain he probably had a more effective scene and the studio just like hacked it to the bone. We're just like, no. This, this, your, movie, your movie needs to suck more. Um stuff like that. Like there are like subplots in Morbius that, that are like mentioned and then like fully go away. And it's the kind of thing where I'm like, I don't know, think the movie was ever good, but I think there was a more functional version of it. I've heard Morbius is not only bad, but it is boring. Well, this is the thing. And so but and then it's funny that the legacy of Morbius basically became the it's Morbin time meme. Mm-hmm. And because it became such a meme, uh, you know, Sony put it back in theaters and didn't make any money because no one had any no one cared about the movie itself. People just thought it was funny that that there was a Morbius movie. Yes. With Madam Web, I've actually been getting texts from people being like, hey, I kind of want to see Madam Web just to see if it's like the insane disaster I keep hearing it is like people actually are having fun with it like yes. ironically in a way that they didn't with morbius but my thing with this movie is there are parts in the movie literally like flashes of it where i watch it and think like if it if it understood what it like what it's doing here and could harness this it could be like a full on camp classic yep it's the, it's the kind of thing where i'm just like you've got like Dakota Johnson's delivery of a bunch of lines where she's just like, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, oddly or darkly funny at times, stuff like that. Uh, you know, you have like they put like truly ridiculous dialogue in her mouth. And then you have things where I'm just like and this this feels like some kind of movie from the set, like like of some like camp thing from the 70s where like you've got the casting of Sidney Sweeney, who is now like this sort of. Recent like sex symbol from like movies and TV and
0: really fucking funny. She like, she is nice. like uh, in the rom com she was just in and in, uh, even
1: in uh, fucking uh, White Lotus she's really hilarious. good in White Lotus. But it's the thing where it's like because she is now like it's like okay
0: she's a superstar now
1: she she's she's really I mean, she, big she's been on hot ones exactly I mean what more needs to be said yeah. but it is the thing it's like okay so we have like one of like the major like new like current era sex symbols let's make her a bookish uptight mousy teen well you know why they did that Badgering. why it's because in
0: the future when this movie does great and all of them get their own things and whatever she can transform she can literally do the take off your glasses trope
1: right but this is the thing it's like Casting her as the mousy teen who's still kind of in, like, a schoolgirl uniform, I'm like, this feels like you're doing something. It just, like, it feels like this is going to turn into, like, you know, a Barbarella or something like this, where, like, you know the whole movie is ridiculous and everything about it is insane, but... The aesthetics in it are so boring and so flat and lifeless. Uh, It's not like there's nothing like you want this to have like over the top visuals and like like crazy lighting and stuff like that. You have not. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like. You don't want you don't want it to go full Halle Berry Catwoman, but just a taste of that. Yeah. Like you 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 want it you you want like it to actually feel like it has a style because there are these weird funny moments, these these odd these like, you know, bits of casting and stuff like that where it's like there is there is the like deeply silly self-aware movie that this occasionally becomes and I mean there's just a scene for a that goes on for a while that's just people in a diner dancing to toxic yeah that's like a plot point basically she's like I have to get there while they're still listening to toxic
0: (laughs) mixing the score I believe with toxic on top of it but they're not like in tune with what it was a very odd soundscape it is Um, okay so I think Sony in a post ramey Spider-Man world, it, it just proves to me what we are now in—in in the connective tissue of Spider-Man-esque shit. We got three Raimi's. we got two Garfields or Webs. Uh, we have wait, oh wait.
1: Okay, I feel like sorry, yeah. not, not to interrupt, but yeah. have we just cracked it all? Uh, who makes the the Spider-Man movies after Sam Raimi? I don't know the guy named Webb. What's oh, we can't make Spider-Man movies? What movie do we make? I don't know the one about the person named Webb. Yeah, I think we're hitting something weirdly here
0: right now. We have let's even count Craven in this, so we have three, five, five Sony Spider-Man movies that are not associated with Marvel Studios as we know it. We have Morbius, we have Madame Webb, we have Craven, and we have two Venoms. So that means ten movies total. Even though Madam Webb is supposedly not even in any of these universes, so they say, or whatever, but let's just sort of do that. It feels like Sony as a studio only thrives in this particular genre when they have a creative that they can't boss around.
1: Do you mean like... Lord and Miller in animation.
0: Lord and Miller in animation. So I, I didn't even count the two Spider-Verse movies, but also Raimi, it, it, except for, except for three, which then we all know got worse they, because of what they were forcing onto the thing. I
1: mean, that was, I, I I will say, I think there, there's two different people that are worth noting in these scenarios mm-hmm. because in the Raimi stuff, the guy who really, I think is to blame for most problems. I, I mean, I, I will say Spider-Man 3 is a complicated movie. Uh, and, and I, I, I think there are choices in it that are Raimi's choices that I think are bad. I do think kind of fundamentally the guy who a lot of the blame should go to, uh, for things that don't work. in That movie is Avi Arad. Yes, same. Yeah. Avi Arad, basically just a toy guy, uh, who happened to be in charge of the Spider-Man franchise. And then was also the man who who's like, Sam, you must put Venom in the movie. The kids love Venom.
0: Yeah, and, oh, you and, have this emotional through line with Sandman and ending the Harry arc from the first two movies. That's great. Hey, just throw this fucking space monster in there, right?
1: Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to. Uh, like, oh, you, you know, your other two movies uh, are like the most successful movies ever. Doesn't no, matter. Fuck you, you. We want we want toys.
0: Which listen, I mean, if Lucas is anything to learn
1: from, also Spider Man Three was the highest grossing movie of two thousand seven. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, so it, maybe it, we're maybe we're the assholes. Exactly. Um. <laughs> and then yet, yet they pulled the plug on Spider Man Four. Yeah. Um. But. But but I think the other thing that's worth noting is the head of uh, Sony Pictures uh, right now Mm -hmm. is Tom Rothman, who ran Fox in the 2000s when they were making the X-Men movies and Daredevil and Elektra and fantastic four okay okay i'm picking up what you're putting down yeah uh and um it was one of those things like tom robin was one of the first studio executives whose names i knew when i was like in high school into movies because i'd like read scoops about stuff and i'd be like especially when it when it came to the stuff about like why you know x-men the last stand got all like Fucked up and yeah. stuff like that, and um, and I was, and, and I was like, ah, oh, Rothman, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, and it's like, you know, look, this whole thing is so complicated, and you, you know, obviously there's no single villain in all of this, but I'm just like, look, I'm noticing patterns here. But going off of what you said about like the movie, like if it could realize the things it
0: does special and well, it feels like everything post-Raimi, I'll even say, even post-Spider-Man Three, let's just put the, that trilogy together if they could harness in, if they could see, I'll even go this far. Yeah. Every one of the films, I have not seen Morbius. You don't need to. Might have an element to it that could be, I'm going to go off what you said about Morbius when I talk about this, has an element that could elevate the movies to be great, but they're not ever focusing on it or looking for it. They have an agenda and they're going to go for whatever their agenda is. So, Let's go with, and I think honestly, the Andrew Garfield two Spider Man movies, I think, don't lean hard enough, honestly, on him. Like I feel like they're trying to build a Sinister Six as fast as they
1: fucking can, and yeah. it just feels forced. I feel like the like everyone's big takeaway from No Way Home was, man, Andrew Garfield's really good when you give him the right material. Yeah. Actually, I mean, honestly, like. Amazing Spider-Man 2, like I think that is a poorly written movie. Mm-hmm. And there are scenes that are straight up, I think, not well written that you kinda think work just because Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are really good in them and yep. have really good chemistry.
0: So it's the, the specialty of that those actors. I'll say in Morbius, and I'm gonna base it you can tell me if and when I am wrong you were saying how it felt like there was like moments of tension built in there to that. They feel like Sony probably cut out to like speed things up or like whatever. Right. M- Morbius feels like it could be a really cool horror. First action, second film. And maybe those moments, maybe it was originally designed to be something like that. And then they are like, well, no, like this is a fucking Spider-Man superhero movie. Like it can't be, you can't have these moments of long pauses and tensions because fuck it, cut them out. So they don't focus on that. In in Madam Web, you do have this weird ability that Dakota Johnson has to have sort of like resting. I don't give a shit face like let's be very clear. Cassie Webb in this movie is not a pleasant person. You could you could no one likes her. You could go so hard into always sunny territory here and have like a wonderful time, but they don't see it. And we only get glimpses of it when it feels like she's having fun in a moment. And you've got Adam Scott there. You who
1: is Adam Scott. Who is so
0: funny. He's lifting. He's lifting real hard. And. I want to yeah. even say. So, so Sydney Sweeney, uh, Celeste O'Connor and uh, Isabella uh, Mer-
1: Merced, I believe. Yeah. Who? I just want to say. She plays the titular role in the live action Dora the Explorer movie. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that movie? No, but I've heard
0: it's pretty.
1: Okay. It's genuinely. It is legit. Good. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's directed by James Bobin, who directed like all of Flight of the Concords mm-hmm. and uh, the two uh, Muppet movies, and um, it's a very similar vibe. And she's delightful. Uh, there are songs by Brett McKenzie. Yeah, it is. Like it, it, everyone thinks I'm insane when I'm just like, I swear to God, the Dora movie is good.
0: I do want to see it's been on it's been on the list of like, how did I miss this weird, silly thing that people say is actually like worth seeing? But yeah,
1: I was happy to see her again. Yeah, But I'm I'm just like, you know, maybe I, something better next time. You
0: get these three women who uh, one of which has risen now to like legit superstardom and you give them nothing to do. Oh, no. Uh, they stand in the woods. Yeah. They stand in the woods. They leave their fire going. I was very upset about that when they walked away. That is not a, that is not good.
1: Well, uh, they are city teens. Uh, have, you know, that's fair. That's fair. Have they ever been in the woods I've before? I've actually
0: taken uh, in a previous like I've taken New York City comedians who have never left New York City before uh, for the guy code show doing like paintball and things like that. And it's just funny the questions you get when people haven't been like when people grow up entirely in New York City. You're like, oh, I I knew that. I but I mean, you and I, Patrick, we grew up in the woods. Yeah. Just like, I guess it's the same. We when I moved here, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So it's it's just I they'll they can leave their fire going. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. <laughs> but the um the like j- just like them like anytime we almost got a moment of camaraderie or a moment of like character growth or movement with them, the movie shoves fucking Ezekiel Sims down our throat and interrupts what could be like something remotely interesting. And I think I'm going to pivot to that character here because let's, let's, t- let's talk Ezekiel. It feels like to me that, because let's be very clear. We never get who the fuck Ezekiel Sims is and why he basically hasn't aged in the 30 years and why he's living in a giant pet kidnapping that lady, that nice lady from girls. Uh, who works for the NSA? Whose name? No, 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 is no,
1: no, no. Me. Matt. He sleeps with and kills the NSA person to get oh, access to their technology. I'm so sorry. And it's a Z- Z- uh, Zoya Mamet uh, plays a-, a-, a Maria. Oh, also another bit of casting where I'm just like, this feels like it's de- it's deliberately going for like a camp thing here because she does not scream like edgy computer hacker to me.
0: I feel like the tone and the point of this movie was changed so much in 19 different ways from Sunday since it was incepted the, but the fact that, so we don't know why he hasn't aged, I guess spider, uh, why he's sort of super rich, I guess spider, what he wants other than not to die. Yeah. There's no, and also why is he having visions now? Spider. Like I'll forgive. Like it's all the web connects us all, Patrick. I uh, we are of course uh, the Madam Webheads. Right, we right, we yeah, know this. We are. But the like I don't know who Ezekiel is. I know he wanted the spider and he got that spider in the first ten minutes of the movie, and now he's having visions of these three future spider women coming to kill
1: him. But and why? Like here's we another never question: Why
0: they'd want to kill him?
1: No. Well, here's the thing. Well, he's bad, and so I get. But why you is know, he bad? I mean,
0: I mean, he murdered the, but like, right, let me, well, let me rephrase. So all of the bad stuff that we see him do, he's gotten away with. No one knows about any of that shit. Yeah. So no one in his new rich life, which whatever he's fucking doing with apparently a, like a homemade uh, Spider-Man suit that looks like a mix of the, uh, uh, what was it? The spider people? Las Arañas. Las Auranias Can you and-
1: imagine how confused like normies <laughs> are going to this being like, wait, why is he dressed as, wait, Peter Parker was just born, but he's dressed like Spider-Man. These ladies have,
0: uh, have fan cast, cosplays of spider-man now and i don't understand what's going on but like that was my that was my big takeaway like my big problem with the character of ezekiel here is i don't know other than he wants to not die why that is even a thing what does he want what did he do that got him in trouble with these spider women like there's no there's nothing about him which makes me believe that the entire point of what he's going for is actually like, I know he's always trying to kill those ladies, but I think they cut out a large portion of why, because it probably had to do with like an earlier plot point. Maybe the more connected to the Parkers or something else. I have no fucking idea, but right. it, felt, it felt like a giant black hole in a movie full of a lot of tiny black holes.
1: <laughs> it, it It's really strange. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm Putting together a bit of a theory about just the conception of this movie. Okay. Because I feel her like. Her name is Webb. <laughs> okay. That, no, straight up. That's the start of it. Because I feel like they, they're they flipping through their like Rolodex of characters they own. And they're just like, well, this one has Webb in, in her name. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll make a movie about her. And then they like. C- okay. To be clear, this is pure speculation. Sure. So they commit to the movie based on the name. And then they start reading about the character. And they're like, oh, shit. She, uh, she, she's not a superhero. She's an old lady who uh, is blind and uh, and sits in a chair and doesn't doesn't actually do anything. But they're like, okay, well, oh, does she have a power? Yeah, she has one power. She sees the future. So they're like, okay, okay. Uh, maybe something cool is going to happen in the future. And she sees it. So maybe, now that we've already announced the movie, but maybe she's going to have a vision of a, a cooler movie that we can... Set up there, and she has to make sure that that movie is going to happen, and uh, and the future movie will be the superhero movie that we want, and um, and so so look, there. I'm really grasping at straws here because I'm just like, what? Look, because it, it makes you wonder. Okay, if these three spider lady uh, spider ladies are going to one day kill Ezekiel in the future had they like just gotten their powers and they're like time to kill this guy now. Cause he's bad news. Did, like, because they're probably not in the business of murdering people. That's
0: the other thing in this movie. This, okay. Other than Ezekiel killing Cassandra's mom, there's nothing else that codes Ezekiel as, this is a weird thing to say because all of the visuals in the, way it does, it kind of do it, but plot wise as
1: true, like as truly evil. Well, like, doesn't he kill people on, on the Metro North when he's trying to get the girls? He, he, he kills cops while he's trying to get to
0: them, which is silly because he's everywhere and pulling the cops away in various places while the girls run in a straight line. It's very odd. I would probably go after the people that might be killing you in the future. But like, even in the flat, I think what I'm focusing on is in the future dream sequence, the girls don't look heroic. They look weirdly, and maybe it's because it's his dream or whatever, but they look kind of monstrous They They break into his house, beat the shit out of him and throw him out of a window. a la fucking watchman. Right? Like, so like, and I get, it's his nightmare, but at the same time, we have no context. These are people in spider suits. Spider suits tend to be heroes, but he's inspired bad man and he's in a spider suit. So he's a bad man, but like, there's no, I have no context of, who any of these characters or are. Or how they're
1: in. gonna get spider powers or anything. Because they don't get them in this
0: movie. No, they do not. They do get takeout for Madame Webb at the end, which uh maybe there's some I don't know. Who now is in some kind of like clock tower thing? Oh, because uh blind Oracle, you know, only, only the blind people in only only people in wheelchairs, wheelchairs. can exactly
1: yeah. Yeah. uh Ugh. it's 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 so strange be- okay actually one thing that i would like to talk about okay. is um so i am i'm a pretty big comic book fan
0: i would say yes that i would say that is accurate i will col- uh, corroborate that statement
1: i i will say i have been look there's a lot of comics you know i can't read them all kind of like how there's a lot of movies i can't see them all but i did see mad web um <laughs> but i have been reading uh monthly ongoing comic books uh since 1999 I, 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 since, you know, for now, 25 years, I have had like a pull list reading my books. Mm -hmm. I am barely familiar with any of the three spider women in this. It's a thing where I know, um, the, uh, the one that Sydney Sweeney plays, I think is like so, so the original spider woman who's not in this movie, which is, is Jessica, Jessica Drew, Drew uh, who is in across the spider verse yep. in, in you know, from like she's the one she's pregnant yep. um, and has a motorcycle. Uh, but I but the one that Sidney Sweeney plays, I believe, is like the second spider woman yes. who took over in maybe like the 90s or whatever. Uh, I think I've I've seen her before. I don't know. I've if, seen
0: that costume
1: once. Yeah, but I don't know if I've ever read a comic that she's in. Uh, one of them is Aranya, who was created, I think, in the early two thousands. And I remember her like having a series. I've I never read it, and I yeah. I've never read an issue with her. And um and is Maddie Franklin the other one? And is she so, like yes. the third Spider Woman? Yep. Again, these are things that I, I forgot some of these characters existed because it's like, OK, I know regular Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. Uh, I know Silk. I think I, ha- I, I because, you know, she started in Amazing Spider-Man and then like spun mm-hmm. off from there. I think I have the 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 issues where she first showed up. So I'm like, OK, I'm is she a clone of Peter in the regular universe, not just the
0: ultimate? I don't remember.
1: No, I, I I think that the clones are just in, in the, in ultimate okay. because they did like their clone saga was like a, like totally different yep. than the, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, but so like the, the spider women characters that I'm familiar with are not in this movie. No, they picked three that like, even me who's like pretty well versed in comics. I'm still like, I don't really know these characters. Yeah. And uh, and th- and once again, they're kind of doing an Amazing Spider-Man 2 thing where they're like, well, this movie will be a setup for future movies. And and they're just – again, there's they're really – I'm sure you can make something good from any character uh, if you just make, make a good movie. But it really feels like they're scraping the bottom of the barrel here where they're just like I don't know we're going to make a Madam Web movie and it's going to set up uh you know future movies about a trio of like C-tier spider ladies that e- that that <laughs> that have never even been popular among comics fans. There is another theory here we could go with. Please.
0: And that is Sony maybe realizes Maybe it took them half of this movie's production to realize before they cut out a lot of the very blatant naming of characters in the Spider-Man universe. But they understand maybe that they can't keep doing the dance of Spider-Man forever. So much like choosing the name of a web-based character, perhaps they took things that people did not know. Three Spider-Women that are not terribly popular. We're really praying for a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy magic where characters that no one really knew outside of comics got insta popular because, again, at that point, a, a very craftful, a skilled filmmaker caused that to happen. But the um, this feels like them trying to start a universe that actually gets away from showing Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Because if they can start their own non-Peter Parker universe and connect it through Madam Web with characters. So Silk, I feel like could have fit into here if they wanted to. um, But like Gwen, Spider-Gwen would never fit here because of her immense popularity in Spider-Verse and the pop culture zeitgeist. Yeah. Even uh, I bet you, weirdly enough, Spider Woman. I, I. Have, this is me talking out of my ass. But Spider Woman is not actually connected to Jessica Drew. Is not connected really to Spider Man. No. I don't even think she would be included in the canonical ownings of, uh, of Sony because she is a Hydra whole thing. Like there's a whole thing that she's not connected to the same power source or anything. She's not a right. Spider
1: Man character. Weirdly. Um, Also, as you were saying that with like, you know, the Hydra stuff that I was like, that sounds like a cool movie. Yeah, yeah, I watched
0: that. So so but my point is, I'm wondering if they chose these characters because now they can. The plan would have been to start their own their own real universe that did not have to do the dance around Peter Parker all the fucking time. Let's say let's say this movie hit and like people legitimately were excited about it then they have now three seed characters to do three other things if they wanted to. Now, I don't think this is well-informed. Right. I think three spider people, no matter how cool any of them could be, is two too
1: many spider people. And especially because it's like, I feel like if they made separate movies about all three of these people, I'm just like, what, well, is it going to be the same thing every time? Yeah. They're going to get spider powers yeah. and they're going to put on a costume. Yeah. So like, I, I I'm just thinking like, It
0: feels like in this iteration that we were given, they were trying to take a swing at building a Spider-Verse without Spider-Man.
1: And yet, this movie references and connects to Peter Parker more than any of the other Sony movies. Like, if you want to do that, then why the fuck is Peter Parker born in the movie? I have an idea. Why has Uncle Ben just started dating May?
0: I have an idea. I think it's because, weirdly. And Sony, okay, I'm going to say something and maybe I'll walk it back in a bit. Sony is very good at burning money to play long games. I've seen it in the gaming space. It feels like a lot of ways what they're doing with the properties in Spider-Man, etc. There could be a world. Where they're just going to throw things at a wall and no pun intended, see what sticks and hope that at some point down the line, they could do their own little spider universe that is not around Peter Parker, baby Peter Parker, human baby or teenager or whatever shows up every once in a while to remind you that Spider-Man once was a thing, but they don't have to like focus their entire like everyone's point doesn't have to be around Spider-Man anymore.
1: Matt, I, 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 sorry, continue. I I just had a realization. Oh, God. Okay. I had a realization of what maybe at some point this movie was going to be. Please. So, Madam Web can see the future. Yes. And this movie is about her trying to, like, prevent bad things in the future. Mm -hmm. This is also a movie where she is, her, like, kind of closest friend, which isn't saying much, is... Peter Parker's uncle. Yes. Peter Parker is born in this movie. Was there any earlier version of the script for this movie where someone, maybe Ezekiel, someone like that, is actually trying to like prevent the birth of Peter Parker? Because that, to me, if you're going to put Peter Parker's entire family in the movie, that's like with a a character who can see the future – that is the only thing that makes sense. There Otherwise, rumors, there were rumors that that was
0: the original script.
1: Uh, makes more sense. I will say, and I have no real hard evidence here. Um, this is going back. I think this goes back to before the movie was shot. Uh, I know that a comic book writer uh, that I know were in some way, I think, was like a consultant mm-hmm. on this. And what I heard was that it was going to be really crazy, and in some way, as in like, like, be like way cooler and and more interesting than anyone was expecting. And I and I have no concrete information here about yeah. like what it was going to do, but I what I believe it like at some point an in intent was have this. Actually connect to a ton of Spider-Man things, maybe involve multiverse stuff, but kind of be like, like quietly, like the most important Mm -hmm. spider thing because of of the ways that it would kind of like, you know, have uh, its web would connect to everything and it would do all this wild stuff involving like timelines and universes and all that kind of stuff and to like set up future things and all all that stuff. And, and again, if you're dealing with things like, you know, with the birth of Peter Parker, seeing the future, it's set in the past. You've got like, you know, this weird sort of supernatural spider totem mythology. You
0: could even go as far as a retooling of the ambulance chase in the third act like that could have like he's literally chasing uh well a, a car but eventually an ambulance. Dakota Johnson also hits Ezekiel twice with vehicles. I think it's very funny. Uh <laughs> once through a raised somehow behind a uh big Times Square-esque sign uh a, a garage. Like it does feel like the entirety of what Ezekiel should be doing is killing baby Peter Parker. Yes. And, and I, I'm going to go further down this rabbit hole and say, I think one of the most damning pieces of information that points to that is the fact that 90% of his dialogue is ADR'd. I have not seen in a, in a major motion picture more cutaways from a main actor's face in a scene to words that don't make sense coming out of his mouth for the other 10% we see his mouth. Mm-hmm. like, and And not only like, look. Here's where I will compliment the film, not the experience of watching it. If the original intent was to do something like kill Peter Parker as a child. And if the original intent was to maybe not, uh, show even remotely these women's futures, like what if there was a bunch of spider totems, one of them, Peter Parker, and they were also these human girls that were like going to, and like, what if he one by one kills these girls and peter is the last one right like there's a build up there that makes ezekiel dangerous it makes it make all sense etc and then when they realize for whatever
1: reason it's just the terminator it's peter just the Parker. terminator
0: but like it's the terminator but like he succeeds three times out of four and then that would set up why only there's really one spider person like do you know what i mean yeah. so so but that is why like and I, it's funny i think even there was an interview with Sydney Sweeney. God, she said something that actually ties into this. She said like, she was upset. Like, I can't remember. It's like something like she was upset in the beginning that she wouldn't get to do like a bunch of stunts or something. But then she's like, I just want to do one thing. I just want to be upside down. That's all I fucking want. I saw she, this. She is. Yeah. yeah hey, and she and got her wish. Goes, and she goes, she goes, I saw uh, uh, Julia Cornwall spider woman. There's This cool shot of her upside down. That's how she enters rooms. Like I want to do that. And so, I'm wondering if just different pressure from different people and in the reworking, they came up with this weird dream sequence idea to try to set up like. I could see a version of this movie if it was about killing Peter Parker that we never actually saw any of the the girls in their costumes, because as you said, it doesn't make sense because we don't know how they get their powers that we see them in the costumes.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's also it's wild thinking about, like, you know, obviously there will not be a sequel to this, but like if there was a sequel and you just be like, so they gotta all get their powers at the same time. Otherwise, this is the most insane coincidence ever. Yeah. I will say this also, and this is the thing with me in the comics. It um I there are some instances with like solo characters mm-hmm. where I'm just like it kind of diminishes them if you add too many really similar characters around them. Um, But because this is a thing like, like I know we've been talking more about like why this movie exists and how it ended up this way and what it maybe could have or should have been instead of the movie itself. But I think we've kind of hit on the answer here because for a long time during this conversation, I kept just thinking, why wouldn't you, I mean, like obviously, you know, they didn't know when they conceived it that although she, she was popular at the time, but they, they didn't know that like Sydney Sweeney would be like, you know, yeah. where she is now. But even like you could just take Dakota Johnson. Why wouldn't you just make a Spider Woman movie Why instead you of make her? Well, I don't think they have the rights to Jessica Drew. To be perfectly honest, but you know what, Matt? I don't know if you saw Madame Webb, but there are three other Spider Women. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, pick she any looks the of most like Jessica Drew in my in my head. She does. Yeah, but also. You pick any of them, yep. and I'm just like, they'll have cool costumes. Look, they made they made a whole costume, like you know, they they put on the on the actor. Any of those, I feel like, and, and you, and it's it, look, not to like sound really cynical about this, as <laughs> what, if, but uh, as if like, or, or like talk like I'm a very cynical studio head, uh, who who is gonna like, you know, uh, co opt like you know, uh, progressive ideology and, and wokeness just for the sake of making money. But if I were Sony and I was realizing that we're not very good at this, mm-hmm. what can we do? You've made
0: a contract with another company that states
1: you're not very good at it. Exactly. This. So uh, we, we, we're bad. Please make our movies for us. <laughs> but if I was Sony, you know what I might do? I might scroll down my list of things I own and go, hmm, we have a Spider-Woman. We can make a female Spider-Man. She'll be like Spider-Man, but she's a woman. And, you know, we still, it's like, look, they made a couple of Wonder Women and they made, uh, you know, the Captain Marvels and stuff like that. But still, you know, there's like a dearth of female superhero movies. And we can at least be like, we got this one. And it's like Spider-Man but she's a lady. It doesn't that feels like studio head thinking to me and considering that they made a movie <laughs> that that puts three spider-women on screen for like not even a minute of nope. screen time, I'm just like that like objectively would have made more money. Yeah. Even if it sucks, wouldn't
0: have had the name web in the title no but or, well, actually it could have been it could have been the web
1: of spider woman uh it could have also meant you know what it would have in the title mm. it would actually have spider man in the title because the word man is in the word woman they could they
0: could do a whole bunch of graphic design
1: uh yeah it, it, exactly uh uh spider hyphen really small letters w o <laughs> big letters M-A-N. oh god uh, and, and look it's like you know Just looking at the choices Sony is making, I would not put that past them.
0: I am very curious. A question that you asked at the beginning of this podcast was, what do we think? Is this your
1: favorite movie of all time or just top
0: three? (laughs) Easily, easily going to sweep uh, the Oscars. I think they're actually going to do write-ins. Oh, uh, yeah. For last year's Oscars.
1: Well, I mean, you know this is a shoe-in for our most cheer-worthy moments. Oh, fuck. When the Pepsi sign falls on on Ezekiel.
0: (laughs) Can I? Okay. You know what? Let's back up. Let's back up. So again, a lot of the people I've watched videos on about this or having discussion points on it, call out the egregious product placement. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's any more egregious than any other Sony movie. Like this just feels very par for the course. I noticed the Mountain Dews. I noticed the Pepsis. I get it.
1: Also, and famously, uh, the at least first two Raimi movies, a lot of Dr. Pepper. Yeah, when I when when Spider Man or when Peter Parker is in his room in the first movie, just testing his grabs web stuff, Doctor Pepper. Pepper in uh, in Spider Man Two when um Asif Manvi uh I fires him from Joe's Pizza, he's standing in front of just like a giant cooler full of Doctor Pepper. Yes, those were the things for those movies. The Pepsi sign feels to me like it could have
0: been like an actual spot without the Pepsi product logo. I mean, maybe that's because I literally live in Queens and like, I know the Pepsi sign, like, and it is product placement, but it also, I don't like it. That doesn't feel to me like a Pepsi, like, mandated thing that the final fight has to happen at that thing. It's just like, it's an actual landmark in New York, yeah. which isn't a below an explosions factory or a fireworks factory or whatever. But also like,
1: have you seen, um, are you on letterboxd? Uh, no, sadly not. Look, people get too intense about letterboxd. Uh, I would uh, like to
0: Patrick, I would like to be on letterboxd. I feel like because I've seen so many movies To get to a point where I'm actually doing something active on the films that I've seen on Letterboxd, it would take me forever.
1: Like, I could start now. I mean, if... Like, I started using it... uh, I was not, like, really early. Yeah. But um, I started using it entirely just as a way to keep track of uh, what I watch and when. Yeah. Just for my own use. Uh, Yeah, people get weird about it and are all, you know have opinions about reviews and all of that stuff. I, you know, I mostly use it as just like a, a resource for like organizing yeah. stuff. And then I I also, you know, occasionally will like, you know, write a silly little review. Sure. But um, uh, our mutual friend, uh, Nando of Nando V Movies. Oh, shout out to Nando. Has, I think, one of the best reviews of Madam Webb Okay. Boxed. May I show it to oh, you? Please, absolutely. It says,
0: first of all, pepsi (laughs) well patrick and nando i guess it is the choice of a new generation it's what i hear um listen nando's take fully accurate there's a lot of fucking pepsi Um, I was shocked there wasn't more Baja Blast because they're really pushing that hard these days. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but, uh... Well, it is set in 2003. That is true. Baja Blast did not exist then. Though I think the flavor of Mountain Dew they were drinking at lunch when it was Ben and Cassandra talking also wasn't out then. But listen, I'm not going to go into the bullshit time jumping... a lot of the songs they used felt later. The fashion felt later. The PSP did not come out until 2005, and they were playing it on a subway, into, or that man was playing it on the subway in 2003.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about the soundtrack. It, um, I, Someone I saw pointed out online that Toxic was not released as a single until 2004, but I'm not going to complain too much about that. It opens, well, after the opening scene, but like when it... It intro- uh, in the first scene that introduces Dakota Johnson, they're playing a Yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah song yep. that I think is off of Fever to Tell, and so I think that's era appropriate. I mean, over the over the end titles, they played Dreams by the Cranberries, mm. which is was like like a decade old. It does. Point.
0: This movie feels to me, and it maybe listen. Check this shit out. Let's go back to our conspiracy theory that this was originally about killing Peter Parker as a baby, and having the other three girls be the pre-kills to get to to make Ezekiel seem like a threat this movie would have to have taken place if if we're going back to the age that I think I'm I'm, I'm making up some of this but we'll do some rough Parker math is it is this Tom Holland or is Tom this- Holland or or Andrew Garfield it doesn't matter either way this shouldn't be set in 2003 if they are a baby it should be set but it's just in a different universe. I know that what well, is now I don't think it was what this is the other thing I know both the, the director uh, S.J. Clarkson and a couple producers and I know Dakota Johnson has also said well this isn't we just wanted to have our own like this is like this is so we could do whatever we wanted we'd want to feel beholden or whatever bullshit. I do not believe that. No. I, there's no way you make a Madam Web movie with the tagline, Her Web Connects Us All, and not try, at least in its inception point, to tie it to the largest grossing property that you own. There's no fucking way. Of course. So I imagine that the time period that this movie takes place in, depending on which Spider Man they were trying to connect it to, shifted.
1: I, this movie. Well, well, th- I cannot imagine this is supposed to connect to the Andrew Garfield stuff because that doesn't quite make sense. And th- I don't think they when this movie
0: was produced, I don't think they would have realized how popular Andrew Garfield's resurgence in uh,
1: No Way Home was. Right. This would have been developed before. Mm-hmm. Or, or like This was in development and being written like like before No Way Home Wait, came out. Holy
0: shit. OK, like, hold on. Does this timeline make sense? They're trying to connect it to the Tom originally the Tom Holland Spider Man that spider that Spider Man is supposed to be like what sixteen seventeen so
1: two thousand three would work. Wait, no, no not really. No. Be- well, actually, well, here's the real question uh, because I believe um, Homecoming came out in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm that it take place in 2017 cuz the marvel timeline is fucking that me. that is that is the thing. What I, I don't know what year it's supposed to be.
0: Either way cuz I'm not going to do the math, I don't think it's worth the experiment. But like it it could also be that which spider like this this could all be true. Mm-hmm. It was originally going to be Peter killing Peter Parker. But maybe then they decided to change from a that Peter Parker to a different P, like from from a Holland to a Garfield or vice versa depending on whatever And then they realize that whole thing wouldn't work and they
1: change it again. So my genuinely my assumption when I was watching the movie, uh, is that, and obviously like when you look at what they have now, there's nothing concrete. You know, it's a thing where, cause like, uh, we see Ben, uh, but we don't see May and Ben is never even mentioned in the, uh, the Tom Holland movies. Um, and so, but genuinely, while watching it, knowing that like, I, uh, you know, the Venom movies are in their own universe, and mm-hmm. it might be the same as as Morbius, uh, stuff like that. I I just fully assumed like this is just another universe. But now, because of but between No Way Home and and the Spider Verse movies, I'm like. The multiverse thing just so ingrained in all of this that it's so easy to just be like, it's a different universe, whatever. It's it, it's a universe where everything is really, really, really similar, except, I don't know, he was born two years later right. than he was here. So, yeah, so I it, – it's, I, it's yeah. just hard to say because they clearly cut out so many, like, more specific references to Peter Parker that it's – I mean – it's just like honestly, the bigger questions that I have here are questions like Why did they make the those like Las Aranhas costumes and Ezekiel's costume look so much like Spider-Man mm-hmm. costumes? So is the implication to be like uh Spider-Man based his 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 own costume on this? spider tribe in the amazon genetically because
0: the spider that they were experimenting on like we're just making shit up at this point but like
1: yeah the, 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 okay there were there were two other things that i i wanted to bring up okay. about this movie um the first actually is that while this is a bad movie it's a surprisingly okay new york movie yeah i'll give you that as in it shoots on location in New York City more than the MCU movies do. Yep. Uh which is nice to see. Uh it goes to Queens mm-hmm. where we are currently recording this podcast. That's right. Took me 4 trains <laughs> to get here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's a, it's fun. you look 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 uh, you came to Brooklyn to to watch I the movie.
0: Did. I did. Yeah.
1: Uh and they have that big Pepsi sign in Queens mm-hmm. is actually like a major location in the I've movie. I've been i I never have. Oh, it's fine. Really? The parks around yeah. uh, it are neat. Yeah. I but it's one of those landmarks that I, I just, you know, I I like. I've uh, never been to the fire- the fireworks factory. <laughs> <laughs> well, well now we got to go. We got to yeah. we got we got to do uh genuinely when I when I moved to the city uh back in 2012, one of one of the first videos I made that was like uh, you know, it was like a, it was like a little a little Actually, here's the funny thing about this video. Um, there was a period when uh, MasterCard contacted me and wanted to base a promotional campaign around this video that I made. Wow. Yeah. I made a video called The Ghostbusters Tour of New York, where my friends and I, in in the, the order they appear in the movie, traveled to all the locations from Ghostbusters and then, like, reenacted the scenes there. Oh, that's cool. And, um, yeah, it was a thing we did in 2012. But, um, <laughs> but I... But yeah, uh, I'm like we we could put together the Madam Webb tour of New York. Yeah, it'll be great.
0: There's uh, there's there's a subway stop.
1: There's a subway. I mean, you know, they uh, they go to Grand Central. They get the Metro North yep. stuff like that. It's actually the Metro North. It
0: is actually the Metro North.
1: Yeah, and it looks like they, they actually got like uh like tr- the train like from that era. Yeah. Um. Just you know, I I like to see that stuff. Uh. So so on that note. The production design of
0: the actual locations, not the not the green screen stuff a lot, but like the more you're talking about it, the more it did feel like a grounded experience, like it felt especially the New York stuff felt legit, like correct. Right. And I didn't clock that before. That's an interesting take.
1: Yeah. Just, you know, a little thought that I had, like I just, you know, in terms of like using the geography and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, I'm just like. This is nice to say. The other larger thing is, can we get into a little bit of because we were trying to figure out like what is Ezekiel's deal is and and like what why wh- how old he is why he I mean is it just as like I uh, did you just get that spider in the opening scene and then stopped aging or whatever and just wants to be immortal is that is his entire deal because so Ezekiel comes from the J. Michael Straczynski Amazing Spider-Man run in Mm -hmm. the early 2000s. Yep. Did you read that run? Very much so. Okay. Yeah, that was, it was a, to those listeners who are not comic book people, it was a thing like Spider-Man comics had been generally not great for many years. Like, obviously there was the Clone Saga for a long time in the mid-90s, but then after that, the whole late 90s, just nothing memorable, like I think Howard Mackey was writing Spider-Man for a while like the Marvel's flagship series was not in a great place. It was
0: definitely floundering.
1: Yeah, and then in I think like 2001, uh maybe 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 2000 anyway, um because I'm like, n- number 36 was the 9-11 issue. Yes. Uh, and that was early in, in the run. But basically, in the era when like Joe Casada had become editor-in-chief, Bill Jemis is president, and they're just mm-hmm. like, we're bankrupt, we're just going to make wild choices, and uh, and then it turned out a lot of them paid off. And, and they're like, let's get the guy who created Babylon 5 to come in and write Spider-Man. And uh, and it was and it really energized. Uh, a thousand percent. It's what yeah. got
0: me collecting graphic novels again.
1: Yeah. And uh and yes, yeah, Spider-Man was like a, a big thing again. And it was a really popular book. And um and it it weirdly was like the first time ever that a series did the choice that they then went away from, but has never come back, which is What if Peter Parker got a job as a high school science teacher? Yeah. Well, I'm like, that to me is the best idea in that entire run. Yeah. Terrific idea.
0: Super solid. It fits. It changes him from his weird like photographer 70s ish like roots and then also plays perfectly into his strengths and weaknesses at the same time that like, for instance, Parker Industries in the later runs was neat, but never really did because you kind of lose that. You can't
1: have him be really rich forever. Yeah. 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 And, and it makes him like a working class guy. I, mm-hmm. uh, and that run had its highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, it had sins past. Yep. One of the worst stories of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God, uh, ooh, I'd black that out. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, But the funny thing to me is that that run started and was such a big deal and was so popular despite beginning by introducing stuff to Spider-Man lore that I think is not great, it's bad. I do not like it. Yeah, because basically the run begins where this guy named Morlan, which is who's this basically, he's not fully a vampire, but he he looks like like some Eastern European like count, uh, and he and he's very strong, and he shows up to basically kill Spider-Man because he. Uh, to like take his energy because he and because he's like and then this, there's the this guy Ezekiel who is not a bad guy. No, he's just this guy who, who looks like wear shoes. Who's like 60 years old, does not wear shoes, but can stick to walls and is like, Peter, you're there's like this spider totem and you're connected to this this web of spider people. And uh, and you're, you're and Moreland kills spider people to
0: get more power. It's funny. One thing that I, I do hate this entire thing. I do not like the totem stuff, whatever. One thing I did gravitate towards, I thought was an interesting idea, which is like, I think, I think Ezekiel says at one point, he's like, look at your rogues gallery, man. Like they're all animals. I forgot about that. Yeah. And like, and that's what was one of the things that like pushes Peter to be like, Oh fuck, this might be something like, because it's all about like animal spirits and shit. And again, I don't like that. It is that, but I do remember that moment being
1: like, OK, I see what you're doing. That's clever. Let's see what else you got. <laughs> it, I mean, it's one of those things when you're writing a character who has been had like thousands of stories over like 60 years where I get the impulse to throw in this big thing that 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 says, like, now you have to reexamine everything and uh and maybe their origins are actually tied to something else. And it
0: also does do the thing because it was floundering. Like they they needed to inject it with
1: something so take right. the fucking swings. Yeah. But yeah, but it's funny to like look, I I haven't reread that run in, you know, like since it yeah. it came out. But it is but you know I'm I'm kind of fascinated by like the legacy of it. Uh, I mean for instance, you know, it famously the run ended uh, with the story, one more day, famously mm-hmm. very bad. Uh, Straczynski didn't even want to write it and tried to take his name off of it. And um, but that story universally hated. Uh, kind of became the in the loose inspiration for No Way Home. In a weird way, yeah. Where he's like, "Can we do a spell that makes everyone forget my secret identity?" Yep. Uh, yeah, you've got that kind of thing, but then. But yeah, you have that opening uh, uh, that opening thing with, with Morlin and the spider totem that has mostly been kind of swept under the rug mm-hmm. and does not come up much in comics. And yet, when they made this movie, they were like, we're not going to mention the totem stuff, but let's for some reason pull Ezekiel into this and s- sort of supernatural mystical spider stuff. What if there are other spider people? And and it, to me, all it does is make everything very messy and confusing. And I'm just like, okay, so wait, so what? N- now in this movie, now that we know that there's this tribe of spider people, there are already these special spiders that can like make you strong and immortal and stuff like that. And Peter Parker is born. So are you going to tell me that when he's sixteen? Is he gonna get bitten by the radioactive spider, or is it gonna be just one of these spiders from the Amazon? Like, what? What's the deal? I don't know. The thing here's the last thing I'll say about the moreland
0: Ezekiel thing before we we give our final thoughts. Let's say because we've been yammering about the web of this, madam, for 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 just the right amount of time. The, the right amount, perfect amount. Um, I think. They wanted to do a story, whether or not it's our Terminator version that we made up or whatever. But the uh, well, uh, which honestly, good movie. Yeah, which which I think would have been interesting, and we kind of see in, in, in an element of it. But I think they wrote it like it was Morlin. This villain is way more Morlin than Ezekiel, but I don't think they wanted to use Morlin. Because he's kind of vampire and they already have a vampire with an M. That's a really good point. So I think they just said, well, what if these are these two characters from this run that no one really cares about? Yeah. Why not? Why don't we just switch them? And then that way, Zeke, but then they're like, okay, well, he has to, we have to figure out a reason why it's connected. And they do the whole thing with the mom and whatever. Listen, this movie, Patrick, I had a blast going to see it with you. I would I don't think this is the kind of movie that like I would also ever want to see again.
1: No. It, it I mean it, it is a movie that you kind of look, I personally think while this movie is quite bad, it is not as comically terrible as I feel like people are making it out to be. Yeah. I think and, people want it to be comically terrible. Yeah. And there are, like I said, there are flashes of, of like this, you know, funnier, more ridiculous, campy movie in there. And you wish it was all like that. And, um, and our, our I will say our audience was mostly like in the last half hour was starting to just like laugh at the movie. There was a lot of laughter. People were having a good time watching what was on the screen. Exactly. But I uh, but you kind of wish it was worse. Yeah, um, because I, I, here's the thing. I feel like it would have to be a lot better to actually be good. Mm-hmm. But if it were even worse, then that would be more like, like it's closer to the bad end of the spectrum. If this was a metronome, <laughs> it it's very close to
0: one side of the metronome yeah. than the other. And that side is make it campy, make it goofy. Uh, and th- and again, I go back to Sony, just not sort of anytime it even has something that's bad. That seems like it has like a spark of 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 greatness somewhere in it doesn't feel like they notice or care.
1: It doesn't. And it's funny because I, genuinely I feel bad for S.J. Clarkson here. Me too. I, that was my last point. I do. I think, and again,
0: she, this is her first feature. She is. But she's done a she's, ton of she's television. She's been
1: doing high-profile TV for so many years, has directed on basically every show. And uh, I'm just, and look, I'm sure she was excited to get hired for a big studio movie, and I cannot imagine she is happy with how the process went. The
0: mistakes and the, 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 the shittiness of this movie. This is a weird thing to say. And I don't know if I've ever said this as confidently as I will now do not feel like directorial mistakes. I'm not, I'm not saying that maybe there were choices that she made that that didn't work well or like whatever, but like the true original sin of this, this movie feels far more producerial to me than
1: directoral, it really does. I will say, I like I said before, um, I do wish that this had been directed by someone who is like more of a visual stylist, yeah. Who, I uh, who kind of embraced the ridiculousness of it, and I feel like she's usually, uh, and like I don't know what you know what thing I like what things are reshoots and what aren't. I don't know what was you know how much control she had over anything in there, I. But it does seem as if like she was trying to make a fairly serious, straightforward movie. The action and the killing when they see before the
0: thing, like when the when the characters die and then resets or whatever, like some of it's brutal. Like I yeah. think Sydney Sweeney dies like two or three times in a brutal fashion. Yeah. And then it resets. And I'm like, oh, like this is someone who knows how to make something scary, but the movie is actively fighting of like that, that, even that
1: impulse. It is. It, it is just, the movie is inherently so silly that I feel like you can't run away from the silliness. Yeah. And, uh, and so I don't know if, if she had not been interfered with, I'm still not sure hers would have been good. Um, but but it, it would have been bad much differently. It it, <laughs> it, it it would be. And it just, it, the thing that I just keep coming back to is Just the big question of what does Sony think these movies are actually going to be like if you're going to make a Madam Web movie, why are the executives micromanaging the hell out of it, you know, to try to turn it from something uh, dumb and bad into something equally dumb and bad this is not captain america trying to connect to a larger popular thing no just look guys you have the simplest thing you have like the simplest job in the world right now you have a bunch of spider characters and these things cannot ever connect into a cohesive universe just and and, like with some of these cases like with morbius daniel espinosa pretty solid director jc chandor did the craven movie you know curious about that i uh, y- 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 the guy who did like a most violent year and yeah. like triple frontier and stuff like that and and i'm just like this is look, look like uh honestly overqualified for this kind of movie just let them do the movie and and ju- look and just collect the money if anything by demanding like these reshoots and stuff like that you're just making them cost more and you're making it worse for everybody cuz it, it, it's a or actually, you know, here's a better idea. I have a better idea. Sure. Okay. Well, my first idea, my my pretty good idea, is uh, stop micromanaging your dumb uh, Spider-Man movies without Spider-Man.
0: Right. Right. Yep. Good. Good advice.
1: Yeah. Uh, my second idea, um, is just stop making them. Hmm. And uh, just I don't know, spend that money on like anything original. Sell the rights back.
0: Yeah. Sell the rights back. Maybe dump a little more into the into the PlayStation brand. I, I'm a Sony household. I'm a PlayStation uh, ride or die. I will try to defend what they do. I wish they'd make some better decisions there, too. The the company as a whole is not instilling a ton of confidence in me.
1: I mean, I don't know how much control like Tom Rothman has over I PlayStation know, stuff. But I'm just saying I'm making shit up now. I'm like, yeah, sure. sell the rights. Here yeah. You go
0: maybe spend some money on some other things.
1: Yeah. This is... Uh It's just it is wild to me to hear about executive like, you know, these executives thinking they are like Kevin Feige and like having to have their fingers in every choice on this movie. Yeah,
0: no, I think just stop it. That is a that is a wonderful place to end it. Patrick, the best thing about Madam Webb was that we got to talk about it for nearly two hours. Uh, thank you so much for filling my intrepid New Zealander's
1: shoes while he's away. My pleasure. I just want to say, uh, Shahir, um, I expect you to catch up on Madam Webb yeah, and course. report back to us with your thoughts.
0: Uh, Patrick, when you are not gracing us with your presence, where can people find you? And I believe by the time this airs, there might be something new from you out
1: when does this episode come out? Sunday. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, th- yes. Uh um <laughs> Saturday on Nebula. Oh, hey. Subscribe. Well, hey, Nebula hey, hey, link below. You know the deal. Well, hey, on Nebula and on YouTube, uh, you can watch um the the videos I make where I I I also talk about movies, usually not current movies. Uh and also those videos are heavily scripted, and so I'm way more eloquent than I am on this podcast. Uh and my new season. Matt, um, we took a couple months off. Uh, we are back up and running yeah. with, with a, a video about the rise and fall of Muppet Cinema. It is a very uh wacky video we have a uh, special guest star griffin newman in it uh we're having a good time uh, i th- i th- i think it's really fun you should this, check it out
0: this was the one it was this one and the taylor swift one when you were just telling me ideas of things like forever ago that i was like yeah 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 so i'm very excited for this to come out in in a few days past this recording but by the time you hear it at home it will already be available so please go check that exactly out. Uh, you can also check out my stuff over at Extra History and Extra Credits. I think, what am I doing right now? We just started our Sitting Bull series, which is fucking awesome. And uh, we're doing an episode, which I'm hoping hits well on the credit side of the video game side of things, where on the thumbnail, we call it The Jerk Principle. And it's a picture of two Dark Souls bosses beating the shit out of a Dark Souls character. And then it says, uh, the, the real title is, Why Difficult Games Feel Good. Ooh, and it's a it's an interesting look at the mathematics of basically uh, I won't get into it too much here, but it's called V versus Delta V basically like the difficulty curve and how much better you get versus how much harder the game is. And there's a lot of interesting sort of design talk to figure out like a cultivated experience of difficulty. So it's, it's real fun. So please go check that out. That will also be out by the time this episode graces your ear holes. Patrick, thank you so much again. You are well and truly uh, my 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 Madam Webhead brother in arms. Uh, there will be no other because there will be not be another Madam Web movie. And we're only going to see this once. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, this is probably the only time in either of our lives we will watch a movie with Madam Web in the title. Yeah. Fair. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much
0: for listening. And uh, until next time. The spider venom did have healing properties. hey (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Bye!